Here we go. All right, it's that time again. It's where we're recording this on a Friday, as usual. Uh, so it must be time for Nudge Coach Happy Hour. Mac, how's it going? Going well. Going well. Let's not act like we haven't already been on calls together for four straight hours. Yeah, I don't know if we have anything left to actually talk about. So should we just end this one right now? It was a great happy hour. See, see you Monday. No. <laughs> and we're out. And cut. <laughs> now, we, it just so happens that Phil and I had back-to-back calls on my Zoom line from about one o'clock till now. So the, the change, though, is we're now on your Zoom line. That's true. Everything, the whole world has changed. We're going to teach my Zoom line all the stuff we taught on your Zoom line. I know. How do we take everything from my Zoom line and just dump it on yours? Yep. Um, I have paste. a feeling I'm going to bed earlier than usual tonight. I'll tell you yep. that. Yep. You know, we're getting old when we can uh, say things like that. So. <laughs> yep, no doubt. So what's, what's new this week? Um, I've had an interesting week. I know you've had an interesting week. Well, we just just wrapped up the Instagram Live. And for anyone who doesn't join us, I actually think the Instagram Lives are incredibly entertaining. At least I have fun on them. So before these episodes, Phil and I usually hop on and do an Instagram Live. I'm usually on my personal, which is just Mac underscore underscore Gamble. Mm -hmm. You are on the Nudge Coach uh, Instagram account. At Nudge Coach. At Nudge Coach. Um. But I thought it was pretty interesting as we were kind of talking about what we're going to discuss today. It seemed like the big theme over the past 10 days happened to be client acquisition and different client acquisition strategies. And I think we both agreed, minds blown based on some of the guests we had on the podcast over the past few weeks and pages of notes later, incredible content coming. I think we're all pumped about it. Yeah. Well, that's a pretty good tease, Mac. That's a tease. That's a tease. Um, so yeah, I, I would say the next four weeks, yeah, we had a kind of a surge of, uh, bookings, uh, got some interviews in, in the next four weeks, there's going to be two episodes a week and a lot of interesting stuff going on. So you have that to look forward to, but we're going to touch on some of it today just because it all just happened to line up, like you said. So I think it's, it's going to be cool to dive into some of these client acquisition strategies. So let's, let's think about it. So we, this mainly was across three different podcast episodes. So I guess that's like, yep go back in the time machine. Let's take a few steps back here. The first one was Kathleen, right? That was the first one. Yeah. I believe. And I want to, I want a sound effect somewhere that we can use for a time machine. I'll have to look that womp, up. Womp, 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 womp. <laughs> that was the time machine noise. So we're, we're going back in time. Oh yeah. I don't edit these. So maybe we just need to actually create our own on the fly. <laughs> I'm looking around the room right now to see what else would be time machine ask i think that was about as good as i can do though by the way if you think we're winging it on these episodes you should actually tune into the instagram lives (laughs) (laughs) this is scripted what are you talking about um so like i said first episode was with kathleen lagress so who is health coach solutions Mm -hmm. that was the main main focus of that episode was on the use of challenges for attracting and acquiring clients which yep i know you and i have talked about before because We've done a case study with someone before who was using a steps challenge to do so. It was interesting to talk to someone who had done very different types of challenges and saw similar success. But I think the big takeaways from my perspective, which I'm curious to hear what yours were, the length of challenges was much shorter than I had heard other people do before. Compelling reason for it. She was pushing, I think it was five day challenges, which I think a lot of what we had seen historically was 
anywhere from 21 to 30 day challenges. Um, that's re what really jumped out at me. And I think the more we're doing this and the more I see people run different initiatives, like regardless of what it is, shorter seems to be better on most initiatives when you're talking about client acquisition. Yes. Um, and the reason for that is in a world with all the chaos that is around us in the digital world, especially you're competing for attention with a lot of stuff. So you shouldn't go into these things with the assumption that you can keep someone's attention when they're not yet paying nope. you for, you know, a specific solution yet for more than a handful of days while you're delivering that initial value and earning their trust. So there you go. That was, that was the yeah. big lesson for me. It was basically, you know, think about it from the client's perspective. They're not, they haven't fully gotten on board with you yet. They're just interested in this thing that you put out there, but you know, it's, they could be as easily distracted by an episode of the bachelorette and never come back again. <laughs> you know, <laughs> that's what hey, would happen to my wife. Hey man, anyway. it's great TV. It's great TV. Get off my back. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but I no, you're, you're my right. My wife that watches that. Yeah. No, you're, you're totally right though, because I think this day and age, there is something to being concise in, in, you know, brevity is important. I think authenticity is what we always get back to. And I think multiple days is already a stretch. And I think that's where it was kind of interesting to hear five days was kind of the big takeaway that, that I left with that. I think in, in that kind of transitions into some of the other things we had talked about with, Karen Paddock in terms of using, um, you know, if you're using something like webinars or doing something like, um, you know, getting into corporate in the sales side with, um, you know, I guess workshops were kind of a theme of both of those in a way, but yep. even what Karen was saying in terms of length of a workshop was actually shorter than what I was expecting. <laughs> so I think she was even talking about her effective ones were like around an hour, which mm -hmm. I was, when, when she said a workshop at first in my mind, I jumped to like four hours. Yeah. And was amazed as we we're kind of jumping through all this and looking back at all these acquisition strategies where you don't have to maybe sink as much time as you maybe thought. And I don't mean in terms of like prep time. I just mean these don't need to be incredibly lengthy initiatives for them to be effective. Yeah. Yeah. Don't feel the need to be in the spotlight for more than a certain amount of time, but absolutely the preparation is a different story. Um, and yeah, the I mean, couple things that are consistent across these. Number one, all of these people have specific frameworks that they're working off of to make Definitely. these things happen. Um, I think that's an important lesson is they're not just winging it. They have all these steps pre-planned that they are making sure they execute on in these kind of little mini journeys that they're going through, mini customer journeys from, you know, get the potential client interested to hopefully sign them up. Second theme they're trying to do this within a very small amount of time. These are all strategies that can, from my perspective, accelerate client acquisition, which is just like, yep. that sounds awesome. That just sounds awesome. Let's, well, this let's was clients faster. In incredibly, I, I, looking back at these, the common theme here I saw also, as I was thinking about it, that was really interesting to me was, you know, it's always so important in your kind of acquisition funnel, you know, say you've captured leads, you have to be able to find a way to build a relationship with them. Hmm. And before, before you can get a person, you know, nurture them to the point where they're ready to take a step. And I found that these were all really, really good ways to build a relationship with someone before making that ask, you know, hmm. engaging with someone over multiple days through a challenge is kind of a fun way to build that relationship before you make that ask. I think a workshop, great way to position yourself as a thought leader. And 
show you know authority in the space, but also build that relationship and get some face time. And I think even with Medina from Jay Shetty Coaching, it was still kind of largely talking about, I think using concepts like workshops as a foot in the door. Same thing though. It all kind of, I thought all three, they were kind of, I don't know, woven together in that way as I was kind of taking a step back and looking at it. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, to round out our week, just from, from my perspective, those three things came together. We also had our webinar, which is about our product updates coming in January. Really excited. We got to announce all that stuff and, but going through the process of putting on a webinar, which is basically an online workshop. Um, I mean, we were experiencing it while we were learning about it and it was kind of jarring as wheels within wheels, uh, galaxy brain stuff going on. It's like inception. Yeah. (laughs) Dreams within dreams. (laughs) Um, but I mean, we're like learning on the fly while we're going through this stuff. And I, I was, I did mention this on the Instagram live, but it just popped in my head. Uh, you know, I've been talking to the, uh, Alyssa and Stacy from growth tools and yeah. drip, drip scripts, which I can't ever say the first time. Um, and we've been talking about, you know, what kind of presentation they would want to do as part of our mastermind, which they're super kind for, for wanting yeah. to provide value within our mastermind for us. That's really cool. Um, I know they're getting in front of people, but man, they're going to have something valuable for us. But We've been talking initially about, you know, focusing on the drip script side on the idea of creating email sequences that can help you convert more clients would have been a really awesome concept. And I was working off that idea when we were deciding, when we were thinking about promotion of the webinar and promotion of the mastermind. And I was like, well, wouldn't it be cool if <laughs> I signed into drip scripts and grabbed a couple of those templates and just tweaked one of them a little bit? and used it for promotion of the webinar and for the post webinar promotion of the mastermind to see how many people we can convert and how it goes and surprise them with that on the fly as they're doing their presentation during the mastermind as to how well that went as a little case study to share. Well, first of all, it went freaking great. (laughs) (laughs) We got a bunch of people on the webinar live. Um, a bunch of people, bunch more registered, um, about 200 registered. We had, 60 or so online. Yeah. It uh, was like dead on to that whole like 30% you typically or about a third that you normally yeah. hear with register or with attendance. Yeah, really wild how predictable that is. And mm-hmm. then the post webinar sequence, I mean we had you know a good number live so that certainly helped this, but within 24 hours we had already subscribed filled all the seats that we offered yeah. up um in the initial email and Honestly, if, if you're thinking about kind of the preparation that goes into this when you're, and this is why marketing is just complicated for a poor, like small Mm -hmm. business owner who's trying to figure out this stuff. I'm thinking about this last week and I'm like, okay, I have this entire email sequence ready and I didn't get to use like five sixths of it, um, at all because we filled up after the first email. (laughs) That's a a good problem to have. (laughs) Whoops. Awkward emails. Yeah. yeah. Email too. I just totally had to change on the fly and say, okay, that went really fast. We didn't expect that. Yeah. We're going to open up 10 more slots. You have 24 hours to sign up, uh, go for what? it. And we filled it up again. It was I just amazing. It, I think it shows though, the need for something like this. And I, I still believe that even though, you know, Coaching has, I think, evolved significantly. And I think a lot of people have been using technology in coaching for a period of time. I 
you know, we talk about this all the time. I still don't feel like the whole idea of online or remote coaching, there's quite that structure and that construct around it yet in which people really have a good sense of how to do that effectively. And so I think when, especially with the update we have coming in January with kind of program automation, that a lot of people who may be great at working with clients face-to-face or knee-to-knee, it's very different when you go into that remote or online model. And I think that's where they, they really do need a little bit of handholding. And I think we all do. And, you know, it's something new. It's completely new for everybody. And we're kind of blazing trails together as we go. And it just shows that I, I don't think these components, these pieces are being taught in a lot of educational settings and people are just kind of have to learn on the fly. Yeah, it's, it's very true for sure. And honestly, you know, online marketing stuff feels like it moves very fast, but they're kind of underlying principles that you have to look for yeah. to make sure you're learning those sometimes rather than the, like the growth hack that you saw on Tuesday on a Twitter feed or something. <laughs> TikTok. Um, Apparently I need to be on TikTok from everything that gets advertised to me. And I, other than knowing what it is, isn't it just dancing videos? So I don't, <laughs> I don't know how I would use it. So I did get a, a little bit of an introduction to TikTok. I don't know why this did you on this podcast, but uh, my uh, sister-in-law now um, is a TikTok nerd. She freaking loves TikTok. She's an avid TikToker. Yes. Um, Fantastic. And so I was watching over her shoulder a little bit. I'm a little bit scared of it now though, because she would just like be in a conversation then she would disappear for four hours, just giggling to herself in the corner. TikToking. It's, it's a funny thing. I think Instagram's about as like out there as I'm getting right now. Snapchat was, that was the time in my life. I realized like social media has kind of passed me by. I feel like Instagram, I've kind of like finally dove back in, but yeah. So I think you bring up a good point though. It's, it, there's a, I think a general framework here, and that seems to be a theme we've talked touched about a lot recently has been the whole idea of frameworks. But I, I think for this idea of kind of strong, effective content delivery and programming for remote coaching, I don't think there's quite as many established frameworks for it necessarily yet. I think a lot of people are still trying to figure it out, probably using email sequencing still a lot or learning management systems. And I think there's some, some great tools out there to kind of help bolt some things together. But I think what we're doing here is going to be pretty, pretty different than what people are used to. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, I think how we, we've, you know, I I knock on wood every time I say this out loud, but you know, we have this kind of feeling within our team of momentum and excitement around really being onto something here with the, uh, program builder and the, you know, the program automation that we have coming out in January. And I mean, I think that's just because we continue to encounter people with the same problem of like, it's just too damn hard to deliver a program online. Um, from a coaching perspective Mm -hmm. as a coach, it's just, there's nothing designed for you to do that. And I can barely do it myself as a digital marketer who can literally integrate all these solutions mm-hmm. together. Yep. I mean, I don't know how long it could potentially take someone who's like just getting out of a, a coaching training program and trying to launch a business anew. And then you realize you have to learn all this stuff, man, that's rough. Um, so, you know, I think the way we've looked at it when we've been developing, I, I do want to get back to these client acquisition strategies before we get too deep into the program stuff, but yeah, but I think, we, yeah, this is important stuff though. The way we it, looked at it is like, you know, we can't help but 
through seeing all the evidence and working with all these great coaches and businesses, see that coaches change lives. And now we learn to change organizations based on all the data that Medina threw out us. Jeez, yeah. Let me go through my, my whole book worth of notes over here. <laughs> Unbelievable. But coaches legitimately coaching changes lives and changes organizations. Um, well, coaching online doesn't seem very scalable or easy to do. In fact, it's very, very hard to put together a coaching program online and one-to-one coaching obviously doesn't scale. So how do, how do we fix that? How do we marry the fact that we need, we know coaching changes lives, but we can't get enough of it out in the world to make it really valuable and really scalable. Um, I think we're trying to basically perfect a way to deliver programs in a scalable way. And that's, that's what we're trying to do. I know it's a problem. I know we're trying to solve it. I think we have a pretty elegant solution. I can't wait for people to really check it out live, but we've got a lot of really good feedback so far. Yeah. It's, it's kind of interesting because I, as you were kind of touching on some of the things that kind of jumped out at me was, um, I was thinking about that conversation we had with Medina and we're talking about, you know, the, the focus of that podcast was on really kind of how to get into the corporate space as a coach. And I think one thing she said that was pretty profound was she was talking about how a lot of coaches feel like there's not enough opportunity out there and they have a hard time meeting clients, which, you know, we do hear from time to time, but she actually kind of really pushed back on that idea and was just talking about the amount of blue ocean at this point in that there was one number she actually mentioned I want to touch on, which keep in mind, I've not done any kind of background checking on this and I may have even written it down wrong, but the number that I had in my notes, we'll see if you had it too, was, that it was something like 60, it, there was a 61% of core of companies. And I think it was fortune 500 companies and larger companies that were hiring coaches. And I think it was, she was touching on how Google kind of paved the, the path on that. But I think what we're seeing now, and when we say coaches, that's a broad, broad term. So I think you're seeing, you know, health coaches, performance coaches, executive coaches, whatever it may be. But she was just saying the number of uh, companies that were actually looking to to hire coaches and and not just bringing contracted role, actually hire as employees yeah. was growing. And it was something that was really changing, especially in 2020, it was even becoming more important. So it kind of pushed back the whole mentality of not enough clients out there in the world. Yeah, no, that was, that was really flooring to me. Um, again, like I said, not knowing enough about kind of the coaching in corporate that is going on already in the world. And it sounded like, you know, from her, we learned that a lot of that, of course, has been driven by initially by uh, larger organizations that have kind of obviously learned this quickly because they have the the funds to test all these different things internally and see the ROI from them. And coaching has apparently had an unbelievable ROI for companies like Google and a lot of really large organizations. So they're continually looking at ways, okay, how can we grow our internal coaching network? Um, how can we build that up? And that's created a ton of demand and opportunity in those large organizations, but also kind of moving down to even mid-market organizations, she was saying. So really interesting out there. Um, I mean, I, I genuinely had no idea, but the same thing certainly we know from the work we do day to day, which is more coaches who are working with consumer populations, mm-hmm. stuff like that. We know for a fact from those experiences that there are clients out there looking for those solutions too, and looking for people to help them basically solve a problem and coaching is speaking to them. Yeah. I, and I still believe in there. Granted, there's no real facts behind this, but I just tend to believe in my gut that we're getting to a point where everyone is going to be working with a coach of some kind. And it may be, like I said, a sales coach, performance coach, a health coach, fitness coach, you, you name it, whatever it is. 
but I just think we're getting to that point where maybe there was historically a stig- stigma and there's not any more. And I think we're just seeing this ripple effect where it's touching all, you know, all verticals and everyone is kind of getting to the point of, Hey, look, I know I can better myself online education's there, but I need some accountability. And I think that's mm-hmm. where coaching just has such a, has such a huge impact. And, you know, we've already talked about a lot of great people we've had a chance to collaborate with today, but I just, I feel like there's just more and more momentum coming. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's, I think the, another way to, to kind of look at it and something that I think even we've talked about, like in the, like a year ago, two years ago, there was sort of concern that the word coaching was sort of being bastardized um, and cheapened. But I think what was actually happening when we thought that was happening was it was being democratized and people were realizing that, Hey, I have experience that is really valuable to some other people out there. I can solve a problem they have. Mm -hmm. Holy smokes. There's a model for me to do this. I can go start my own business and become a coach, or I can go into the corporate setting and be a coach. And, and it's just scaled from there. And that's, that's just, it is what it takes. You have this experience of going from A to B. There are a bunch of people out there that just happen to go from the same A. They, they want to go from, yeah, they want to go to from A to B. B. Yeah. Um, and you realize that's an enormous opportunity and that's, I think that's incredible. Yeah. That, that's what's happening in, in virtually every vertical. So we've had to adjust to adapt to that fact that mm. coaches are, are popping up in, in every vertical that we can think of and how are we going to cater to them and work with them and help them grow. Uh, but it's just, it's an exciting time out there. Yeah. It, it, it's interesting too, because I feel like we're starting to see, and I think today, or excuse me, the past couple of weeks is kind of a good, good example of this really starting to see some creative strategies come together where, you know, they, they definitely weave into what I would say is best practices of content marketing, mm-hmm. but really creative flavors specific for coaching. And like I said, the whole idea of using challenges, like that is such an interesting idea in a great way to kind of take a person from lead to, you know, nurtured prospect and customer and whatnot. And I just, I'm, I geek out over this. I know you do too, that idea of kind of this blending of, or, or maybe it's just kind of an evolution of, you know, content marketing or digital marketing for the coaching space and all these new strategies and flavors we're saying. It's sort of like a magical condensing of it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's, that's maybe a good way to put it. I mean, it, it's so in sort of, I, I guess what I would call traditional content marketing, you're basically putting, say, a, a written piece out into the world. Mm-hmm. It gets indexed. People start reading it and it's sticky and it's, you know, a good summary of the topic and people are learning from it. So they're spending more time on that page. Page starts to rank. Those people get on your email list and you know you're nurturing them throughout a mm-hmm. month let's say and you eventually convert them to whatever your offering is i mean a challenge is first of all incredibly aligned with a coaching business from the yep. jump right you you have a challenge that's why you're looking for coaching right 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 <laughs> so you're presenting that as a coach hey i'm going to challenge put this challenge out there is this something that's relevant to you awesome. As a coach, I'm getting all these people interested who have this specific relevant need that I coach to anyway, and they're just self-selecting for this sort of a shortcut. I don't, I hate the word shortcut. I don't believe there are (laughs) shortcuts, but it's, it's getting very to the point of alignment with what I actually do to kind of the top of my funnel, what is traditionally the Mm -hmm. top of my funnel, just getting people interested in the first place. So there's great alignment 
And through the course of a, a challenge of several days, it's like a little mini taste of, of what it's like yep. to be coached. And you, you have kind of a, a really condensed amount of time where you get to build trust within the right context that's aligned on the needs of people that's aligned with what your offering is. And that's why it's, it's able to basically do all that work for you within a short amount of time, because is, the alignment is just so good for a coaching business. Absolutely. Yeah. Challenges just always make so much sense to me. I think too, what I would add to that is that whole idea that if you're trying to find clients for remote programming or online programming, what better way to kind of qualify an individual than get them into an online or remote program of some kind or challenge that kind of you can use as that stepping stone. So, yep. um, but I think real quick, just cause before we wrap up, just to kind of jump back into the workshop concept, cause we just went through challenges a little bit. Yep. It was interesting to hear um, in where Karen and Medina kind of coming from two different angles one coming from using it to acquire personal clients, the other one to look at really kind of using workshops to get into the corporate space, which I thought was so interesting. And both of them were kind of using them the same, kind of, I think, positioning them similarly. Um, it seems like not too much of a difference, but it was interesting to hear Medina basically articulate that concept working well and get, getting into corporate and kind of connecting with people first you know, offering to give some kind of free workshop as a way to get, kind of get a foot in the door to show value, and, you know, much like you would be doing in the online space with base, you know, I'd say best practices of marketing. Yeah, no, I, I, I found that almost really comforting. And I think coaches would too, mm -hmm. especially who have done a workshop before. And, you know, it's, it's just sort of a, a setting that you can see yourself in and that you can really, you know, have some authenticity, engage with people, put yourself out there. And whether you're doing it online or in person, and I would suspect if you're doing it right now, you're trying to figure out more ways to do it online. Yeah. But, you know, hey, there is a there is a future. There is a probably light at the end of this tunnel someday where you get to go back in yeah, person. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think that would be really comforting to someone who's thought about going into corporate, like, hey, what would this look like for my model? Well, it seems appealing because I would only potentially need to land one or two customers that I'm working with, potentially customers, if I'm mm -hmm. on a contract basis at first. And those are all good things, but the fear is just how in the world do I get a foot in the door? And a workshop, if you, if you know the right type of people to reach out to and contact in an organization to get, get kind of set up with that opportunity to provide some free value uh, to that organization and show what you can do. Um, the fact that it's the same strategy, I think, I think ought to make a lot of people mm -hmm. feel like they can really achieve that and start to go that direction if that's what they've been wanting to do, which I think is really good. Yeah, one thing you just touched on that was kind of interesting that I, I think is worth circling back on. I think there's kind of a misconception out there and what you should be offering for free. I think people get really skittish about free and I, and I get it. I totally appreciate it because you obviously don't want to undervalue yourself. And I think, I think just, um, you know, if a person's pushing back on your rates and things like that, and you're just constantly lowering prices. And I, I think that's a slippery slope, but I feel like using free in the right, in a tactful way, in a tasteful way, strategically is a good move. And I think that's where, if we look at challenges, we look at these workshops, you know, whether it's for personal clients or for corporate you're, you're using a free, a free resource or providing kind of a teaser or taste of your value 
it's, it's a very tactful free offering that I think is a critical stepping stone to checking that box of, as you mentioned, authenticity, building the relationship. And I think that's where free is okay. And I'd be curious to kind of get your thoughts on that is, is how you view free. Cause I think it's something we hear a lot about is people pushing back on it. Yeah. I think the, so the value there is you want to use free, just free something free stuff to, to give yourself an opportunity to create a captive audience of the right people that you would want to potentially engage, work with, whatever. Um, so it's, it's really just that first step because if you're approaching this from another strategy and thinking, you know, I'm, I'm an expert, I shouldn't give anything away for, for free. Um, the question is just how are people like, like where does the trust come from to start the relationship? Like where are you expecting hmm. someone to, to connect with you and understand, okay, that's the person I want to go with. That's just not going to happen if you don't mm-hmm. have a first step out there that's, that lowers the barrier uh, for them. Just provide something that they're, they're going to be interested, they're already interested in. And you can take that shot to the value to you to giving that away for free. It's not actually for free. It's that specific person, that captive audience that you're getting and mm-hmm. their time. You're, the value you're getting back is that captive audience and their time. And that's your chance to, to build trust uh, with them. And the, the trust is what's going to convert the paid. Yeah. I, w- I would glad you hit that because it's not, yeah, it may be free from a dollar amount, but I think there's absolutely value there for both sides that, you know, goes, goes beyond just the dollars. So yeah. The awesome. expression time is money is not, not time right. is money. There we go. <laughs> what else can we say? We should just start it with that and just can't close the episode out. Right. That's, that's um, what, that would have required planning. <laughs> <laughs> planning. We could make these far shorter if we just, there's good sound bites at the beginning. So, well, I, that, I mean, man, it was a crazy week. I think uh, well, we're all, we're all due for a weekend and excited to get the mastermind kicked off. Um, where can people go? Cause I know we're already flirting with the idea of a follow-up cohort in the mastermind. Is there a place people can go if they do want to learn more about that? Yeah, absolutely. So, Hopefully very soon, we're going to have something up on the the main website where you can get to this a little bit easier. But for right now, um, just type in get.nudgecoach.com slash mastermind, and that will get you where you need to go. Um, again, hopefully from the homepage, we'll get a link in there somewhere soon. Uh, we just figured out where that would go. You know, you know how it goes. Um, so I saw you already put a wait, wait, uh, wait list mechanism on that page. So if you do have interest in our next cohort, which I think we're loosely thinking it's probably going to be November, December-ish, sometime before the end of the year. Um, Definitely check out that page, put your name in. um, That way you'll start getting emails when we're starting to open it up for the next cohort. Yeah, we already have a few people in there. Um, Again, somewhat surprising to us. We blew through the target goal for the Mastermind first cohort. And before we even meant to, we started getting yeah wait lists for the second. So it seems like people people like what we're putting together. But I think it's uh it's all based on the feedback we've been getting from our partners. So I certainly appreciate that. Yeah. And, oh, uh, one one client acquisition strategy that's going to be in the mastermind that we didn't really talk about today is using partnerships to grow a coaching business. Um, so definitely. that will be kind of the bonus bit. It's obviously not in this episode because we got to go, but. Um, if, if you're interested in, in something like that, that's going to be in the masterminds going forward. Again, that's with uh, help from the folks at Growth Tools. So really appreciate them. 
Well, the big problem I'm going to have on Monday when I post this episode on Instagram is I think we just name dropped 15 different partners and I don't think I can even put all 15 in Instagram post. Oops. <laughs> Oops. So, Hey, it's all good. We've got some great partners we're working with and excited about the podcast episodes coming out. So keep, I guess, keep an eye on, keep an eye out for those coming over the next few weeks. That's right. All right. Be good guys. Uh, have a good weekend and we'll see you next time on the Nudgecast.